Okay, Phil, that was uh, Neelam, uh, a teacher uh, who has studied with Papaji and also uh, has spent time with Gangaji. And before that, she did Tai Chi. So she's had uh, a significant uh, spiritual background. But I think obviously her time with Papaji was most significant to her. And uh, I followed much of what she was saying, but uh, a lot of these teachers that present this idea of oneness, I still have a bit of trouble getting my head around. And I'm sure there's people listening that are saying, oh no, it's easy. It just, it's conceptually, you have to have the experience. I've done a lot of meditating and I've had the experience of that inner silence and quietness and a sense of oneness. But um, I'm not sure I understand the concept of self-inquiry and how one approaches it as she does. I, I don't know what she does uh, uh, that she calls self-inquiry. Um, or does she even call it self-inquiry? Well, in her, on her website, self-inquiry is mentioned, I believe. Okay. And I know in well, Papaji it's been mentioned. And, and obviously, you know, she's had very legitimate experience herself. And uh, she has students, so she's teaching something that has to be very effective for a lot of people. And, yeah. uh, and, and we're getting it, the short version, in an interview. I'm sure in a course it would be very different. But um, again, just conceptually, uh, well, it, it's somewhat of a challenge for me to get my head around. I can't, I can't speak to what Neelam does because I've never studied with her mm -hmm. or anything. But I'll say this. Um, the term we, uh, that people have used for, for the self-inquiry um, has has been applied to what Ramana Maharshi taught. And Ramana Maharshi was uh, Punja's right. guru. And um, so many of the people teaching uh, in the name of non-duality uh, claim some connection to Ramana Maharshi, or right. at least inspiration from Ramana Maharshi. Right. And I can't remember what the Sanskrit term is uh, that has been translated as um, self-inquiry. Advaitya, or is that... But, that's a, that a, no, no, that Advaita answer. means non-dual. Okay. But, you know, the, the practice of what people call self-inquiry, um, I've always felt, and I've had other people who know more than I do, um, agree with me that the, the term self-inquiry is misleading. Because when we in the West hear the word inquiry, mm -hmm. we, we think of a very analytic process. You know, the police are making an inquiry <laughs> into a crime. And the National Inquirer, and and yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they're gathering evidence, or a lawyer is inquiring, you know, uh, about things. So it's a very rational and uh, process using rules of evidence and law. It's very, right. you know, scientific inquiry is, the, you know, the kind of thing we think of. This is not that. And often teachers uh, who teach what they call self-inquiry will begin by having people, in fact, ask a question, namely, who am I? Mm -hmm. And... But the whole purpose of it, it's almost like a Zen koan. It, it, it's, you quickly exhaust the possibilities of rational thinking because mm -hmm. it's, you, you enter into this process, if you're guided properly, where you start to wonder, you know, who am I really? And then you realize you reject 
the fact that you know that you're just your thoughts. You reject the fact that, you know the possibility that you're mm-hmm. just this person with this identity and this body because all those things are changing. And and ultimately, you come to the realization that there's an aspect of the self the, that is unchanging and has always been and always will be and is infinite and eternal. That's you know the self that in the East we they capitalize that self, the Atman. And um, but to get to come to that, it's not a rational process. And so when you really look into it, the people who engage in self-inquiry under proper guidance, end up doing something very much like what we call meditation. Yeah, but let, let me ask because you, let me stop you there for a second and ask you a question. I've heard many people who are involved in Advaitya, and these are people that I have a lot of respect for, very good minds, I, you know, so they're onto something, uh, no doubt. But they will often say, oh, a teacher is not necessary, or the teacher will say, I'm not really a teacher, yet there is a teacher-student relationship yeah. in it. A yeah. guru is not necessary, but in fact, oftentimes there is a guru, and they're, they're going to a person looking for answers, and also this uh, this expression you often hear, you're already there. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, you're already well, enlightened, you're already, and that's the part uh, of uh, in regard to awakening or illuminating or whatever that that uh, that I wonder about. Uh, yeah. But obviously, there's... Well, she there, explained it well. There's a part of us that is already enlightened, that is eternal, and knows it, and is, you know... Uh, uh, well, I'm not convinced everybody, everybody knows that, or that even with some self-inquiry, everybody comes to that conclusion. Uh, so. Well, it's not a conclusion; it's an experience, and that's. But, but as she put it, you know, we don't always live that experience, and mm-hmm. we don't always um, uh, abide in that wisdom. And that's where the teacher comes in, and that's where methods come in. But ha- and, haven't you heard from most Advaitya teachers that no, I'm not really a teacher, or I'm not a guru? Well, I've but, heard that from some people, but, but, but I think it's. I think that's uh, often. It's, yeah, that that's the part I. It's a glib kind of thing, and, you know, it's, look, like Krishnamurti used to, you know, denounce gurus all the time, and yet, you know, he was functioning in a a guru-like way, uh, even, although very differently from other gurus, because he didn't have disciples, he didn't have that sort of thing, but... um, so if if that if that's what they mean that you know I'm not a guru because I don't have disciples I don't guide people you know I don't have people uh, surrendering to me and um, taking vows and becoming entering into a traditional guru disciple relationship um, if that's what they mean then fine but if by guru you mean teacher they're obviously functioning in a teacher-like capacity, even if you're teaching people to not need teachers. Mm-hmm. You're still teaching. So, I mean, there's a paradox there, and I think it's uh, some... I, I understand your, your concerns because I've had them myself. There are teachers who are a little glib about this, you know, you're already enlightened and you don't need methods and you don't need teachers. Well, obviously people do, and teachers exist for a reason, and methods exist for a reason. Mm -hmm. And we're already enlightened, but we don't live that. We don't experience it, and so that's what the spiritual path is. And, you know, this has been going on for thousands of years. Yeah, well, let let me ask you, did did H.W.L. Kunja, also known as Papaji, did he leave an organization? Did 
Is there a lineage? I don't know that there's an organization. R- I don't. Ramana, I think Maharshi. there are people. No, people. People are functioning in Punja's uh, uh, lineage or see themselves as in his lineage. But I don't think there's. I don't know that there's anything formal. He didn't. He was not like um, teaching uh, as a representative of Ramana Maharshi. The, uh, Ramana Maharshi's ashram still exists mm-hmm. in the South India, and people go there all the time. It's a very big spiritual center. People make pilgrimage there. There's teachings going on, all this in, in Ramana's uh, name, but there's no lineage. He didn't So, so when people anybody. go to that ashram, or people at that ashram, is there a particular meditation they do? Is there a particular set of techniques or anything that, that, is, that is taught or do, do people just go there and treat it like a holy spot? Or is there an ongoing ashram Both. where there's so there are just Both. people studying there? And what, Both. what is there? I was, yeah, I, I was I, surprised when I was there to find that uh, I think almost every day um, people come to the shrine areas and do puja, and mm-hmm. and they get you know the darshan of uh, Ramana's uh, Mahasamadhi shrine. Um, and so there's a certain uh, devotional element that you mo- a lot of Indian people uh, partake in, you know, in reverence to Ramana and his uh, ongoing presence as they feel it in their lives. And there's others who are engaged in study and in uh, satsangs with uh, people trained, you know, uh, to, to sort of or or. Uh, authorized to give discourses and answer questions and that sort of thing. And there's that self-inquiry method that I mentioned before, and a lot of people will will do that and engage in that process as a regular practice. Yeah, uh, uh, very interesting from Neelam. And um, I'd like us to have more Advaita teachers come on uh, to explore this more deeply. Uh, It's certainly uh, very popular right now. And, and to look at it from every angle. So, uh, and, and I want to add something. Yeah. If you look at if you look at Ramana Maharshi's teaching, he never tells you you don't need practices. He was he he, he was he perfectly understood that people, you know, benefit from methods. I, I think there, and there's from also devotional uh, practices. I don't know the detail. Of the, 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 the Advaita movement, Advaita literally literally meaning non non two. And, uh, Not too, but there's yeah. also a neo advaitya uh, movement. Well, that's what people have called this. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. People have called it neo advaita, meaning it's a sort of modern day, uh, pretty Western right. kind of right. iteration of traditional right. advaita and, teaching. But, but it's it's changing, right. and there's a lot of variety in it. And I think we've had other people talking about this as well. Right. And, um, you know, people have come to realize, I think, that by, you know, negating the lived reality of the world of change and uh, duality and um, relativity uh, doesn't uh, serve people well. Mm -hmm. For those listening in, uh, any suggestions or ideas or teachers or... uh Scholars you'd like to recommend to us, we're always uh, open, so yeah, let, let that come in. So till next time, Phil. Uh, Okie doke. Uh, keep, keep it moving. Uh, over and out. All right. Thank uh, you, sir. Bye.